Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 144 of the Speaking Club podcast. I'll never forget overhearing my dad telling my mum that one of his proudest moments as a father was when I came second in a sports day race at infant school and cried in temper. Unfortunately, I'm not sure dad helped me very much there because I took that as an accolade and for many years was an absolute nightmare to play games and sports with. If I was losing, I became belligerent. I'd question the rules and try and see if I'd been cheated in some way. Sometimes I'd even bite my knuckles in temper and every time I became the incredible sulk. And over the years of working on myself, I've learned to reframe defeat as a learning opportunity. And as long as I've tried my best to win, I've been better at detaching my losing with my identity. So me losing doesn't make me a loser. I still find it really hard to lose and I wouldn't describe myself as gracious. But at least I've grown up a little bit and out of being the total arse that I was. Make of that what you will. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hello, I hope you're well and thanks for joining me again on The Speaking Club. So, this is all about networking today and networking meetings after COVID are definitely a different experience. And for some of you, maybe the convenience of not leaving your house and the thrill of knowing you're talking business in your jammy bottoms has worn off. I still quite like the jammy bottom bit though. Zoom fatigue is also definitely a thing. And you'd think it would be surprising given that most of us can sit for hours watching a whole box set of our favourite show on Netflix. But the trouble is that there's a world of difference between passively enjoying well-written, engaging content versus trying to look interested in the 20th boring, turgid pitch which focuses entirely on the person or product and does nothing to engage and excite you. But however you feel about networking online, all the indications are that it's going to continue beyond the demise of corona. That means it's time for you to stop seeing this as a stopgap and start embracing Zoom and the other online platforms and some of the advantages they offer you to level up your networking pitch. And in this show, I'm going to be covering off the basics you need to get right in making that good first online impression and also sharing some ideas and suggestions to help your message and business stand out. Okay, let's do this. First of all, as I said, I want to make sure you're making a good first online impression. And let's talk about location first. If you know you're going to be doing online meetings for some time, as is likely to be the case, then ideally try to find somewhere in your home where you can create a semi-permanent virtual meeting setup. As much as possible, 
make sure it's quiet and away from distractions. And if you can lock the door, that would be great. There's been quite a few TV journalists who've inadvertently given national TV exposure to their kids asking for a biscuit. Talking of children, just like your conversation in front of your kids, I think the best bit of advice about your background is keep it clean. You may well have movie collectibles that you want to show off, but you don't want Marty McFly or Darth Vader sabotaging your message by distracting everyone that's listening to it. And I think if you have a book that you wrote, though, it's fine to have that laying around subtly in the background so that people can see it. But ideally, a plain wall and a couple of tasteful plants are what you want. We also want to make sure that you're seen in the best light. So if you can locate your setup near natural light, a window, for instance, that's best, but not so that you're backlit and people can't see you. And if you can't find a spot near a window, or if you're zooming at night, it'd probably be a good idea to get a ring light. And you can get desktop ones for between $10 and $20 of those. Now, another thing you might want to look into is a webcam. Your phone or your laptop camera will do the job, but a webcam will increase the video and audio quality. And since the pandemic happened, the choice of webcams has increased exponentially and the price has come down significantly. You can pick them up for as little as $20 to $30, but do shop around and get one with a decent number of reviews, obviously. One more little trick you can use to improve your visuals is use a Zoom setting called Touch Up My Appearance. When you're in a Zoom meeting next, hop onto your Zoom menu, go into your preferences, then choose video. And there you'll find an option for touching up your appearance. And it's like on a, on a slider, so you can have a little bit of touch up or a lot of touch up. And that is supposed to give you a softer, more flattering focus. So now I've shared the secret of how I look like a supermodel on Zoom, let's get into sound. In my experience, it's always better to supplement a built-in microphone, especially if your laptop or computer is quite old. I've found that the sound can fade in and out and you don't want people to miss a crucial part of your pitch, especially as a lot of times you've only got less than a minute to share it. So phone headphones with a microphone are one up from a laptop mic. If you have a webcam, then that will likely have a microphone that's a bit more powerful in it. Or even better, grab a separate one. And again, you can pick up a plug and play desktop USB mic fairly cheaply. And even the higher spec ones are less than a couple of hundred dollars. Or you can grab one of those Lavalio mics, the ones that clip onto your clothes and use that as well. The last bit on making a good first impression is what you wear. Now, you remember we had Tamara Glick on the show a few weeks back and she stressed it's important to consider your brand in what you wear and whether the clothes that you pick align with that brand. Also, there's some tried and trusted advice on this about colours in video and it's avoid solid black, avoid solid white and avoid patterns. Do that and hopefully you won't go wrong. Just put that Van Halen t-shirt away. And the last couple of things that I wanted to cover off in the basics are more tech related, really. As you may know, a few months after everything shut down, I set up some online stand-up comedy shows to help comics who lost their livelihood overnight and also just try and cheer people up a bit. And before the first show, 
we spent quite a bit of time watching those tutorials, making sure we knew Zoom in webinar in and out, because we had to make sure the experience was great for both the performers and the audience. So we were muting people, unmuting people, allowing people to participate, responding in the chat window and switching between the stand-up comedy acts. And we found a couple of Zoom things that you might not know about that um, are really helpful. So if you find seeing yourself distracting, then you can click the three little dots on the top right hand side of your tile and choose hide self view. And then when you want to see yourself again, just click the same three dots and show self view. Also, if you're hosting a meeting and you want to have people see you in the main picture large, even when other people are speaking, then just choose speaker view and click those three little dots again on your picture and make yourself the spotlight video. And then you'll be on all the time. So whether you're using Zoom, Skype, Google Hangouts or more, and you're still feeling unsure about them, just take a bit of time to familiarize yourself with the controls so that you can communicate your message without letting the tech get in the way. And another thing we did to ensure things went smoothly was make sure we weren't reliant on Wi-Fi alone. What we did was we plugged our laptop straight into the e internet router via an ethernet lead with a USB adapter. And again, these aren't very expensive and they'll give you a bit more peace of mind because Wi-Fi can be unreliable, especially since so many other people are working from home at the moment. Okay, so I've covered off the basics and now I want to get into the good stuff. So what is absolutely vital with your pitch and your speaking generally, and you've heard me say this before, is that you're able to grab the attention of your audience. And to do that, you've got to engage the crock part of your audience's brain. And that I've mentioned before as well. I want you to imagine, right, to get this, I want you to imagine that your brain is like a nightclub or maybe a very fancy dining establishment or any type of place that you know of that's going to have door people on it or bouncers deciding who's going to get in. And the crock part of your brain is kind of like those people because every bit of information we receive goes there first and the crock acts as a gatekeeper. It only allows certain things through to the more sophisticated parts of our mind. The criteria it uses to decide what to let through are this. Is it dangerous? Is it new and exciting? Is it complex? Basically, the crock brain will ignore anything that's not unexpected or out of the ordinary or easy to understand. And that's because attention costs energy and energy is needed for our survival. So what this means for you and your pitch is that you've got to provide novelty and keep it simple to get the attention of the people you're pitching to. If you can create novelty and curiosity, then you'll get attention. So how do we create novelty when we're pitching? Well, here's a few ways. A short product demo provides novelty. A new idea provides novelty. Stories provide novelty. Good metaphors and analogies for otherwise complex subjects or abstract concepts provide novelty. Humour provides novelty and moving images and animations provide novelty. Now, obviously, goes without saying, 
that I would always advocate stories as a great way to provide novelty. And starting your pitch with a story will normally grab attention because the norm is to say who you are and who you help and which company you're from first, which is expected and therefore boring to the crock brain. And you can always cover those bits after your story just before you call to action. And it's likely to make it all more memorable that way. So if you can find different, short, snackable stories to illustrate the value of your product or service or to address objections people might have to using it or why alternative solutions to people's problems fall short, if you can find stories to show those, then it will make your pitch so much more interesting and attention grabbing. And obviously it goes without saying, if you struggle to find those stories and you want some help finding them and making them engaging, then do check out my free snackable story challenge at saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge and see if that's something you want to do, you can join the next group. And if you can find some good metaphors and analogies for your product or problem it solves, that'll also make it more novel and sticky. Michael Dubin at Dollar Shave Club, another one of my sort of heroes, really, um, used lots of metaphors and analogies talking about his razors in his original video pitch. Here's an example of a few of them. It's so gentle, a toddler can use it. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher and 10 blades? And then the follow-up message to that second one was, stop paying for shave tech you don't need. It's been around for years, but that video pitch is still fantastic. It uses all of this great stuff to create novelty. It's story, humour, metaphors, the lot. So if you can do all of that right, it will help your pitch out enormously. And I'll put a link in the show notes to that Dollar Shave Club video. If you haven't seen it yet, then do check it out. It's very funny. I still love watching it. I've seen it loads. And the good news is, though, and the point of this whole thing is that whilst Zoom and online networking platforms have some downsides, they also have some upsides when it comes to creating novelty. So for product demos... Being able to share your screen instantly means that you can show the big benefit of your software or an image of your product really easily. Also, because we're at home, if you have a big product that you couldn't normally take to an event, then maybe you can have it set up at home, ready to demo it live. Another thing that Zoom networking meetings allow you to do is share video easily. Now, I have another company called StoryLab Marketing and in that company we create whiteboard animations as explainers and promos for businesses and last week I was talking to a new client who'd been referred from a previous one who got a few different animations from us and that new client told me that when it's Philip's turn to pitch everyone engages again because he plays his videos and it's a change from the usual boring pitches. And that's not a point about animations. It's a point about you utilising video. Susan Weinschenk, PhD, also known as the Brain Lady, is a renowned speaker, author and consultant with a focus on the psychology of customers and why they do what they do. And she uncovered four core reasons why we find video so engaging. One, 
We're hardwired to pay attention to faces. Two, hearing a human voice helps us convert information into meaningful content. Three, body language evokes emotion in us. And four, evolution has taught us to be alert to things that move so we don't get hurt. So these primal cues are why videos grab attention and also why it keeps people engaged much longer. And video is also easy for us to process and remember. They say that a single minute of video is worth 1.8 million words. And that's because we process visual information 60,000 times faster than text. And it's one of the reasons why video is so effective when you want to share information or explain complex topics in a short time frame. So given the stats and the science are compelling about the power of video, it's definitely something you should consider using when you're networking on Zoom. For instance, there's nothing stopping you from recording a video for your pitch in advance to share at the meeting. Maybe you could be out in a field or by the sea or something, something more interesting than you doing it in that room. Or you could share a customer video testimonial in your pitch slot. And of course, you could get an engaging animation done from a company like ours, or you could do one yourself. There are lots of different software options out there for doing that. The point of all of this is to get you thinking outside the box so that your pitch gets more traction. Okay, so the first big takeaway of this episode is that online networking is here to stay. So embrace it and think about how you can make the most of it. Your other takeaways are, if you've been holding back and getting your setup sorted, now is the time. Make sure your background, your dress, your lighting, your sound, your camera are supporting rather than sabotaging you. Get familiar with whatever platform you're using and de-risk your connection so tech doesn't get in the way. And think about how you can leverage stories and the advantages of Zoom to make your pitch more novel and memorable. Well, that's it from me. I hope that helps you become a networking star and get more business. Don't forget, if you enjoyed the show, to leave a rating or review at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. Uh, always appreciated. I love to get the feedback and it helps the show get found by other people. And all that I need to say now is thank you so much again for joining me. Really appreciate it. And have a wonderful week till we meet again. And don't forget to go out and grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. If you want to be more memorable and engaging when you talk, then you need to share more stories. Stories can help you better connect with your audience and their problems and get them leaning in more powerfully than anything else. And short, snackable stories are great to use in pitches, Facebook Lives, podcasts, videos, keynotes, webinars, blogs, in fact, everywhere to share your message and grow your business. The trouble is that finding your snackable stories and confidently sharing them can feel like a struggle. And that struggle can slow you down or stop you in your tracks. But that's where my free snackable story challenge comes in. Over the course of just five days, I'm going to give you resources, training and coaching to help you find your authentic personal stories to share and build your skills and confidence in sharing them. Not only that, but the challenge will guide you towards a tangible result at the end and assets for you to use going forward. 
The next challenge is starting soon. So to grab your space, go to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge right now.